You're listening to an analysis story on the audio version of The TIE. Thanks for listening. The TIE is a nonprofit newsroom that is funded by our audience. So if you appreciate this article and you'd like to help us do more, head on over to support.thetie.ca and become a TIE builder. You choose the amount to give, and you can cancel anytime. With Apodurai out, can EB rest easy? By Paul Wilcox, October 20, 2022. What a very bad day for the BC NDP. Its leadership campaign has descended into chaos and controversy. David Eby will become party leader and premier even though he's likely supported by a minority of current members. And the competence of the party's old guard appears highly questionable. The NDP's executive council voted to kick Anjali Apadurai out of the leadership race Wednesday night, accepting the recommendation of party chief electoral officer Elizabeth Call a 90s Arab BC NDP cabinet minister. Even though the newcomer probably had enough member support to become leader and premier. Call set out two main grounds for shutting down the Apadurai campaign. You can read her recommendation and reasons for yourself. People were joining the NDP fraudulently, she found. The BC NDP requires members to affirm not only that they are not members of other parties, but also that they are not supporters of other parties. But that's not what the BC NDP membership application says. All it requires is that prospective members declare, I intend to join the BC NDP, and that I am not a member of another political party. And even that wasn't enforced in the past, at least according to former BC NDP cabinet minister and current lobbyist Mo Sahota. In 2000, he told CBC that about 3,000 BC Liberal members had also taken out BC NDP memberships in order to play a role in the leadership race that saw Uj Dosanjh briefly become the premier. Cole's second reason for booting Apadurai from the contest is stronger. Her report alleges the campaign violated Election Act spending limits, a breach severe enough, Cole argued, to justify disqualifying Apadurai. Apadurai's campaign was supported by Dogwood, which describes itself as BC's largest non-partisan citizen action network and claims 281,000 supporters and 859 volunteers. The non-profit organization, with an environmental focus, went all-in to boost her campaign. Perhaps too all-in. Under the Election Act, it's fine for any individual or organization to encourage people to vote. But activities encouraging support for a specific candidate are subject to spending limits, and the value of these activities must be reported. Dogwood says it consulted Elections BC and stayed within the rules. Most observers, looking at Dogwood's campaign, would likely disagree. Chex Rob Shaw noted Dogwood emailed supporters urging them to join the BC NDP and vote for Apadurai. This is a genuine opportunity to put a climate champion directly into the premier's office, read one email. Climate justice advocate Anjali Apadurai could be the boldest premier in generations, read another. Cole found that this email campaign supporting Apadurai's candidacy had been coordinated by Dogwood in tandem with Apadurai's leadership campaign. There are close connections between the two, she noted. Dogwood's communications director Kai Nagata was an advisor to the Apadurai campaign, as was Dogwood campaign's manager Alexander Woodsworth. The contribution wasn't reported and would have exceeded campaign spending limits, she found. That might call for fines under the Election Act, but not disqualification. 
Call came to a different conclusion. The improper coordination with third parties, primarily Dogwood, played such a significant role in the Apadurai campaign that it is impossible to create a level playing field at this point, and thus impossible to restore the leadership election campaign to a state of integrity in which I could have confidence, she wrote. But her findings don't demonstrate that Dogwood played such a significant role. The report doesn't include the numbers of new members signed up during the campaign, or how many call has concluded are not legitimate. Which prompts a question, would Apadurai likely be the next party leader and premier even if the disputed members were disqualified from voting? The BCNDP set the stage for this mess. John Horgan was crowned leader in 2014 without any other candidates contesting the race. Eby, billing himself as a status quo candidate, was on track for the same coronation until Apadurai entered the race. Until she did, it had looked like a second complacent transfer of power would take place within the party establishment. Certainly, that's how the EB team acted, failing to present policies that would build support or sign up new members. The largely unspoken argument is that EB has a better chance of winning an election against Kevin Falcon and the BC Liberals in the next election in 2024. Better to be in power with a modest agenda than on the opposition benches with bold ideas. The worst day in government is still better than the best day in opposition, as former BC Liberal Cabinet Minister Rich Coleman put it. But the BC NDP has managed to make what could have been an energizing leadership transfer into a debacle. Supporters, new and old, should wonder how the party could get it so wrong. Thanks for stopping by the Tai today. Anytime you're in the mood to listen to important stories written well, we'll be here. And if you'd like to keep independent media going strong, head over to the tie.ca and click on the support us button to pitch in. Finally, big big thank you to all of our tie builders who made this story possible.